And we're talking about the fall feast right now. You've been just explaining over the next week or eight days. Yep, yeah. yeah. eight days. That we get to celebrate as Christians. We get to celebrate Jesus, what he's done for us, and the fact that he wants us to make disciples. And you see, we're looking towards the end. One day, this world will be over in this Feast of Tabernacles this week has some special qualities to it. In the next few breaks, we'll share that and then talk about the pale horse riding again, which I don't enjoy. That you know, the prophetic aspect of the feast for the spring and the fall are all similar, and unfortunately, that means there are some things still ahead. In fact, why don't we just take a minute uh, right now? I did notice in the news that President Trump and his wife Melania had uh, COVID. The doctors expected them to do fine. There's no symptoms or anything, but. Uh, that's a good time to, to pray for them. So before we jump in and look at a thousand years, let's make sure we have the the blessing that God has given us in uh, in leadership in our nation mm-hmm. right now. Father, we just thank you. God, you uh, you do all things well. We don't yes. always we don't always love the things we're going through. We don't always love leaders. We don't always love the situations and all. But Lord, I thank you that you've given, and I thank you for this uh, president that you've given him and this. Uh, amazing wife that you've given him and i thank you for the impact he's had on the nations and our nation and and lord i thank you for his leadership i thank you that you raise up these leaders and you command us to pray for them and to bless them and so lord oh we do bless them lord mm-hmm. bless our president bless his wife as this covid has tried to come and attack them lord i thank you that you go before us and you surround us you surround us you fight the battles in front of us before us that we won't need to fight so we ask you for that very thing for him, that, Lord, you would bless and you would favor him. You would strengthen them both, renew them and bring healing upon them, mm. that the generations will be blessed through them. Lord, I thank you that we ask and you do these things. It brings you glory. And we, we uh, thank you for that gift, the power that is in the blood and in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So let's look forward. This is a Feast of Tabernacles. We're looking to what it represents spiritually down the line, which is a thousand years. Revelation 20. And I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of that dragon, an ancient serpent, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up. Boy, that's... That ought to be the best version of the world. And shut them up. And set a seal on them so that he would not deceive the nations anymore. Because isn't that it? It's his mouth that's the real problem. He's mm. deceiving the nations. That's the greatest gift God could give us. was just to shut them up. Yeah. Until the thousand years were fulfilled. And after that, he must be released for a little while. And I saw thrones. And they sat on them. And judgment was committed to them. And I saw the souls of those that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus. And for the word of God. And who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and not received his mark on their foreheads or in their hands, and they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Revelation 21 through 15. All right. So the Feast of Tabernacles is a culmination of all the biblical holy days and represents the final stage of his plan of salvation. After the great war of the end times and the second coming of Jesus, those who survive of the nations will go up to Jerusalem to worship and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. It's all the way to the end. This really is forever. Zephaniah 
Zephaniah 14. Now, Zephaniah 3 is one of the favorites for many of us. We love it. It's But go think. It's about tabernacles. It's about the millennium. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart. O daughter of Jerusalem, the Lord has taken away your judgments. He's cast out your enemy. Mm. The king of Israel, the Lord is in your midst. You shall see disaster no more. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Do not fear, Zion. Let not your hands be weak. The Lord, your God, in your midst, the Mighty One will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. And he will rejoice over you with singing. But that word really means twirling around, spinning and dancing. So he's singing and dancing at the Feast of Tabernacles forever. I think it's going to be a cool feast in eternity. Tabernacles is life in the temporary world of sin and death where God is with you, but paradise is gone and yet still to come. That celebration takes place in the millennial kingdom. There'll be a feast of tabernacles in the millennium. The feast itself is a foreshadow of that kingdom. We're told to gather fruits of the harvest, that is souls, to wave them, that luvluf, as a thanksgiving before the Lord. There's a particular mention of palm branches. When Jesus entered Jerusalem riding a donkey, the disciples greeted him by waving palm branches. The entry was a shadow of his second coming. He came in on a donkey instead of a white horse, but we'll see that one too. See, that was a triumphal entry because he was coming for souls by laying down his life. It was technically a humble entry, but there's another one to come. Jesus will enter in triumph as a king on a white horse on the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Not only will a few Jewish disciples wave palm branches, but the righteous remnant of every single nation. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count. From every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. It's exciting to think when we're in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount, you stand at that golden gate, the eastern gate, and it's all blocked up. Uh, one day, it's just going to melt away and say, nope, we got a, we got a guest and a white horse. Mm. Just as there was an agricultural harvest at the time of Sukkot, the end of the biblical holy days, so there'll be a great harvest of souls at the end of the age. The scripture actually speak of the Feast of Tabernacles as being seven days. But are you ready for this? It also speaks of an eighth day on which a holy convocation is to be held with sacrifices made and no traditional work done on that day. See, the seventh day is the last great day of the feast. At the end of the seventh day, they leave the booths and they go home. But then they come back again, this time to the temple on the eighth day. You see, it's heaven or eternity. A week is a full thing, right? One through seven, and you're done, you start a new week. But on this one, on the eighth day, you start eternity. The eighth day symbolized the final judgment of the dead into either eternal life or the lake of fire. And here's an interesting thing. It was on the eighth day that they brought the woman caught in adultery. We're supposed to rule in the millennial kingdom and sit on judges in the great white throne judgment. The Pharisees, they wanted to judge, but only pretended to be righteous. See, they walked away when they were told, whoever is without sin... Do you know why? Jewish, tradition-wise, Jewish didn't mean that you were innocent of all sin, but that specific sin. The law said they must be innocent of the offense of adultery to throw the first stone. And they all walked away, which was uh, interesting condemnation of its own. Jewish, Jewish law said only a witness of a capital offense could throw the first stone. Once they left, there was no one to accuse her. No legal witnesses. We must be careful of bearing secondhand offenses of others. They're hurt, but we're angry. And offended, 
But we've got to let the stones fall, yeah. especially this year. If there ever was a lesson, that's it. Meanwhile, the guilty lady walked away on the eighth day, told to sin no more. Our actions determine what we do on the eighth day. And that's what Tabernacles is also about. So we got two more breaks. We're going to look at the transfiguring, which is a piece of the millennium. And then it's on to the pale horse.